Hello, everyone. It's, um, thank you for coming. Um, I don't think that Ray and Marianne um, probably need any introduction if you're here, but I just will say that this one is Marianne and this one is Ray. <laughs> um, Ray is a, 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 an award-winning and brilliantly talented um, production designer, and Marianne is an award-winning and brilliantly talented director, and they've worked together on, they think, about eight productions. It might be more even... Anyway, let's, let's get going. Um, just before we start to talk about The Light Princess itself, Ray, can you just explain exactly what the brief of a production designer is? I mean, are you responsible for every single visual element of a production? In a sense, what you see is what you get <laughs> with a designer. I mean, it's, 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 it, is a, it does change. The job does change a lot with the, with the type of creature the show is. For example, with The Light Princess, um, it was in very infant-like stages uh, when we began. So my job was peculiar. It was like trying to work out who Lagerbellans were and who Sealanders were and what kind of land they lived in and whether it was that one was hot and one was... So you basically... the basi It was a bit more like being a, a cartoonist or, or, or an animation designer, where you were setting out the type of landscape or environment or context for the story, which hadn't quite come up yet. So that's in the early stages of The Light Princess. It was sort of creating environments that the story seemed to sit in, in a way. And, I mean, I don't know how it works. Do you get to choose who's going to be a production designer, Marianne, or...? Do you get allotted one? <laughs> no, no, uh, the director chooses their, what, what they call a uh, creative team. So they choose the designer and the lighting designer and the sound designer and the music, the composer, um, uh, the actors, the choreographer. Yeah, <coughs> and you try and choose people that are sympathetic to each other because obviously you can get people on the creative team who don't see eye to eye. And so then in, when it works, and it obviously does with you because you've worked together so much, your roles complement each other. You, 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 can't, I mean, you can't really have one without the other, can you? Designer and director? Yes. Um, yeah, they do very much complement each other, I think. It depends on the director-designer relationship because every director works differently and every designer works differently. Um, <coughs> I know that when we work together, what we ne normally tend to do, The Light Princess is slightly different because it was being adapted and developed over the five years to now. So we were working on it before we even knew what it was, um, <coughs> before Ray could hear the music. But normally, I suppose, what we do is we would get together, we would sometimes we read the play, don't we? Mm -hmm. um, <coughs> Do you mean out loud? Read it out loud, yeah. with each, yeah, to, Together. to each other, yes. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about, usually we start talking about kind of um, images and atmospheres and situations and paintings and photographs and... Um, ideas. Ideas. Ray, yeah. So Ray's particular strength, I think, is, is incredibly visual. You're not very much of a word person, are you? You're a very, very visual person. Mm. So I'll be talking and she's just constantly drawing and coming up with ideas or, or we'll start going, what about this particular photographer? Or, or you talk quite a lot in painting, mm. painting terms. Um, and from that, you 
start thinking about three-dimensional things and start moving things around on a three-dimensional model. Um, but it's, a lot of it is, is drawn, isn't it? A lot mm. of it is drawn, and raised walls will be filled with charts and drawings and arrows going from one drawing to another drawing. And yeah, mainly a way of charting, visually charting the landscape of the story. So at the beginning of how it starts towards the end of how it finishes, uh, for example, with costume as well, because that represents the visual narrative of the characters throughout the story, uh, what their costume journey is uh, really helps to begin to shed light on how we're thinking about, how Marianne's thinking about casting or how we're thinking about what kind of people they are and what, how much of an effect uh, the story has on them and what kind of effect, you know, whether and also the environment, whether they get wet or whether they're sort of burnt or all those kind of things, whether they transcend from real bodied people into ghosts or something like that. It's all very important part of cost of story narrative is so my what Marianne is got a very exact and intellectual mind in the sense of what she's chasing, what she's pinpointing so that she can uh, allow it to flourish like a flower all the way through rehearsals and my job tends to be to uh, support her in doing that by um, making the world look live and uh, competently supporting her imagination and her idea of what the world is doing and what the story is doing inside of it. So it's kind of a visual landscape of, of uh, in one hand, but also the architecture of storytelling represented visually, so it's a bit narrative, if you want, on the other hand. So let's go back to the very beginning of The Light Princess, because you just made a reference to the period of years. How did it first get seeded here? Where, you know, what was the genesis of it? Um, Tori Amos brought the original story by George MacDonald to the National and asked if we thought it was a good idea to adapt here and she would write the music um <coughs> and i was a tori, tori amos fan and it so therefore i you? said i'd like to to, to work on it <laughs> um and then i brought on sam adamson to help her adapt the book um and ray very early on and we did quite a lot of workshops over the years at the studio um and it, yeah it went through a hell of a lot of permutations like a lot of musicals new musicals do you know there's a lot of uh, pulling hair out and crying um it was quite a lot of crying <laughs> there was quite a lot of crying <laughs> yeah. um wasn't there a stage where it i remember that reading that it was sort of it had been put on hold or something like yes, that yes it was programmed and it was uh, announced that it was going to happen and then it was pulled um, because we need more time to develop it, to develop the story. Because mm. th this story is actually very different from the original story. Yes. Um, and it, th I suppose the very last draft was just before we went into rehearsals. And then we had six weeks in rehearsals, which actually for a new musical is really not very long at all. And it's what you'd get here at the National for a normal play. So it's generous for a normal play, but really not generous for a musical. Um, and uh i remember i remember the choreographer steve hoggett turning to me at one point in the rehearsal room 
literally with tears in his eyes. He's a very calm, sanguine, quite sort of chunky, male kind of man. And uh, <coughs> I said, God, it's quite hard, isn't it, Steve? And he, <coughs> he turned around to me and he, he, with tears in his eyes. Said, it's really, really hard <laughs> because we've got no time. And I said, I know, we've got no time, haven't we? We've just got to do it, haven't we? We've got to do it all day, all evenings, all Saturdays. We've just got to do it. He said, there's just no time to try anything, is there? You've just got to know what you're going to do. Come in, do it, get on with the next scene. And, and um, so we were really up against, we were up against it, I suppose, generally, because it was a mad idea to adapt it in the first place. Um, but then we were in a particular situation, the re rehearsal room, where we just had to just move very, very fast. Yes. <laughs> um, so Ray, yeah. I know when I was watching um, The Light Princess, it <coughs> reminded me really strongly of certain picture books that I had as a child, yeah. like uh, maybe Arthur Rackham, or yeah. I, ha I can remember a book by Joan Aiken called The Kingdom Under the Sea, and yeah. I wondered if, w I mean, where did you get your first ideas from? It's mainly, um, well, when we, set, when we first set about doing this, We'd started off with Victorian picture theatre, you know, oh, like yes. the daring do's of chaps in 1810 meeting the Muslim Empire and quite Orientalist, if you want. Yes. But it was the British, it was children's imagination of the British Empire, basically, it was, was the starting point and sort of like the flat um, perspective and idea of that was intriguing as an adventure to go on in the same sense as when you see some of Terry Gilliam's films like Baron Munchausen and uh, you know some of the other um, Time Bandits. It has that kind of, you go back into a childhood imagination that goes back to uh, 1720 in this case, but for me and for you, um, our, our, children's, our children's imagination, well for me anyway, was in sort of I'm not going to say, actually, <laughs> it was in the 60s, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> God, um, uh, so basically for me, it was uh, The Kingdom Under the Sea, oh, so you, you and uh, the, uh, the cut a lot of cut-out stuff, and colour, pop-up um, books. Pop books, and also I was certainly very keen when I was little on Tove Janssen's work, mm. Moomin Troll, you know, the, that's where the idea of some of the sea land uh, stuff comes from. He's very much influenced by Moomintrol and, and uh, the Lagerbell stuff has the same kind of colours as some of Tintin when he goes and discovers a, um, a fortress in the desert, do you know what I mean? Mm. So it, it has those kind of feelings of, of uh, going on a journey with a child's imagination. And was it you that had the... Because um, if you haven't seen the show, there, there's a lot of animation in it. Was that yeah. your idea? Did you commission that? Because it, that <laughs> reminded me of um, Magic Lanterns or, yes. or Shadow, um, you know, Shadow Puppets. It certainly was part of the concept of coming to terms with the fact that there was a lot of super ambitious narrative, you know. There's a dam that breaks and uh, <laughs> thousands of tons of water swamp the entire, you know, amphibieva and there in underneath the, underneath the water the prince is slowly drowning and he comes up for air and a huge flock of birds and you're going like <laughs> oh, oh, how are we going to do that? Oh yes, um, Matthew. <laughs> so, so basically you wanted something that you know, the question is, is like, how do you answer that kind of 
uh, amazingly ambitious narrative, which is almost is faster than a film can think. Actually, uh, the way the way Sam would write those sequences, you in a film it would take longer to tell that story. So it's a it's a theatre storytelling way of doing it. So. Uh, you can say all those things and you can imagine them and they're fast and huge. And so how do you represent them on stage? You can have an actor who can say that and the audience are going, oh, yes, yes. Or if you visually want to say it, then you have to do it by the actors representing it and moving very quickly. Or if you want, or using animation, and that's where Matthew came in. So. I remember the initial storyboards were that all of those sequences were animated, particularly the first half of The Light Princess, which establishes the, a storybook idea before we actually meet all the characters in their live selves, as it were. Um, but, Matthew, but Matthew has a, has a wonderful way of characterization in his, um, in his character, in his drawn characters, and a real simple, direct, uh, action storyboard method of telling the story and also a real kind of emotional empathy which uh, to the characters he draws so and you don't often get that with animators but he's special in that way and in so many other ways as well but <laughs> in that way he's he's fantastic and um and so and you are you were in charge of all of that so everything visual mm. yeah Ray would oversee, so Matthew would come up with an idea for a piece of animation and yeah. you would then change it or alter it or direct yeah. it or guide it yeah. so that it f always fitted into your yeah. aesthetic. And of course it wasn't as easy as that as well, wasn't it? Because um, sometimes if you understand the beginning to be like a series of animated pictures that the actors are singing with, uh, then you can imagine that's quite easy to rehearse. You don't need those animated pictures until you, need, you, can re you can rehearse the singing and have the animated pictures and just make sure they sync together. But actually, if you imagine the sequence when the, the light princess Althea and her best friend are escaping in a car, uh, being chased by dinosaurs through a forest, which is all <laughs> animated, then you have puppetry, you have a car, you have a, a, an animated sequence of forests passing behind and dragons, which then connect to the, drag, the, the, the three-dimensional dragons on stage. So, and that has got to fit with the music track, and that ha also has to fit with the actions of the lovely puppeteers who are pushing the car around as though it looked as light as a feather, but it's not at all. Um, so all of that has to go together in our six weeks, and that's just one small scene, you know. So it's putting all the different elements of that together, and that's what made us all cry occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite so, impossible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you brought up the puppets. Um, you, Marianne, you obviously, you learnt such a lot from Warhorse, didn't you, about puppets? We've talked about this before. So at, at what stage did you decide, oh, I can use puppets again? Um, <laughs> and because they, they, they're really integral to this, because um, as Ray said, you know, they, there are a lot of things, dinosaurs and dragons, and they're mm. preposterous, really, on the page. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think quite early on we knew we were going to use puppets, because there are animals in it, and some of the animals are very dynamic to the stories. Mm. Um, but the idea of puppeteering her, yes. <laughs> uh, it came very late. So for those of you who haven't 
seen it, the light princess, obviously she, she's light because she has no gravity and she's light because she has no gravitas. She can't see the dark, tragic side of things. Um, and when we were workshopping, she was always on a wire, constantly on a wire. And after a while, I think I just thought, I just don't think that's very interesting. Mm. She's our main character and she's on a wire and I've seen that before and that's quite limited. And mm. um, so then I was asking the creative team, what should we do? Mm. And Finn, who's the puppetry director, um, said, well, why don't you do something like what you did in Curious, you know, the you know, Curious incident of the dog in the nighttime, the main character imagines he's in space at one point and he's picked up by the ensemble and is made to look like he is, uh, you know, has very little gravity. Mm. And so we then workshopped that with some acrobats and it just was fabulous. Yeah, it was I know, amazing. it's mesmerising to watch. Yeah, and then Rosie, who plays Althea, came to the last day, I think, of the three-day workshop that we had with acrobats and tried some things out. And then she went on a massive training course, acrobatic training course, um, to enable her to do some of the things that she does. Mm. Um, so that came, that came quite late. I think that was last year. And then that also influenced the design to a certain extent, didn't it? That we knew we wanted tiered balconies for a certain moment so in the show. So she could float up them. Yeah. yeah. You've got that big um, bookcase that she sort of climbs. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's yeah. really important, that bookcase, isn't yeah. it? Because yeah. she can have little resting points on it. Yeah, yeah. that came out of that acrobatic workshop mm. as well. And more so as well, because uh, as well as her being carried, uh, in, that actual, in that actual point, she's attached to the back of somebody. Mm. So oh, yes. she floats down like yes. this, but actually she's a she is attached to the back of Nuno, who is this big strapping man who's climbing down the bookcase uh, in wearing black. Uh, not that you can't see him, you can see him there, but that's part of her floating downwards. Yeah. Mm. So that was, a, that was a th another way that, uh, that came in during rehearsals, actually, because that harness didn't turn up for ages. <gasps> oh, God, that was another yeah. crying moment, wasn't yeah, it? Because yeah. the, the harness turned up, I think, Two weeks before we finished them? Just before tech, yeah. in fact, maybe yeah. tech. God, why did yeah. it take that long? Oh, God, yes, <laughs> that's a really good question. Because <laughs> it, oh, it was being made in America and <laughs> it was wrong. Tech kept turning up wrong, it had to be sent back and then it had to come back so again and it has to be measured absolutely right and she couldn't breathe, so it had to go off again. And so she had so little time to do it as it was going to be. Yeah. Because what's amazing about it is the fluidity of her her talking, her singing, mm. her moving all at once and yet she looks like she's almost forgotten she's doing it. I know. It's she's, it's yeah. she's brilliant. Yeah, she's yeah. amazing. I mean, you don't notice, mm -hmm. after a while you sort of stopped noticing the yes. acrobats because... Yes, and you, you stopped realising the skill of it as yes, well. When yeah. I was rehearsing and I was going, yeah, Rosie, can you just get up? Can you do it upside down? Can you just do that bit upside down a bit again? <laughs> and you think, God, you know, she's using every mm. single muscle in her core to hold her mm. up and every movement that she makes, she's got a whole nother set of muscles that have to keep her up. And then she's singing as well. Yes. It w and I, I wondered about the physicality of it. Did she end up with loads of bruises at first or, or yes? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 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 yeah, she did, yeah. I mean, she's she's quite, she's very elegant, isn't she? And and I did see quite a few bruises, yes. Mm. But 
She's a tough old thing, isn't she? Or a tough, lovely young thing, actually. But the um, the people the people that hold her up <laughs> are they acrobats, or yeah. are they, they're not the same as the puppeteers, uh, or are they? They are, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they must be. There's, there's one scene where they're holding her up with their legs, and it seems yeah. to go on for ages. And I, I just don't. Di I couldn't believe that they didn't just say their legs, their knees just didn't give way. Actually, mm. I think yours or I'm. If we were doing it, they would. <laughs> but those those guys, they're very fit, yeah. and they're, they're very uh, fit as well. <laughs> I mean, they're they're beautiful people. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to make a joke. <laughs> Actually, we're talking. You're get some fun out of it. Yeah. Crying. <laughs> yeah, but I mean. <laughs> Uh, that's our lovely lady puppeteer. She's gorgeous, isn't she? She's, yes, but she's yes, an acrobat. Yes, she's right. an acrobat. She's the only one. So she's able to support Rosie's entire stability with her that's toes. Incredible, isn't it? <laughs> her toes. But she's got magical toes. So you know they are amazing, basically. Yeah. Um, now let's just talk a little bit about the music. I don't know if you've done musicals before, but you obviously haven't done a new musical before because they hardly ever happen. Mm. So. Um, I know you always say that you're nervous and worried, but it was an <laughs> extra layer. It must have been an extra layer of nerves and worry. The fact that it's a musical, the fact yeah. that it's a new musical. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. how did you feel about the music? And I've always wanted to do a musical and nobody's ever given me the chance. Right. So it was only with me going, please, can I do this thing that's, that's landed in our laps? Yes. Um, uh, but I was absolutely dreading it because so, I had a really busy year last year and it was at the end of the year and I was thinking oh my god how am I going to get through the year and then do The Light Princess which is the most ambitious most difficult thing I've ever done ever and I like to do things that aren't easy so <laughs> um, but when I actually got into rehearsals uh, I, I completely loved it mm. it was tough because we didn't have enough time so we were working really 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 pushing ourselves all the time but it's fantastic mm. because uh, I suppose I felt completely not alone mm. which is unusual for a director um, if you've got other people in the room that are as important as you and mm. as responsible mm. as you and that run the room so you have a musical director who's looking after the voices and, and the, the, the music. Obviously, you've got the composer and the book writer, but you've also got the choreographer who's incredibly important mm. in a musical. Mm. So it was just beautiful to watch them work mm. and mm. to then sort of feel like you were adding and working with them mm. rather than thinking, Jesus Christ, I've got to stage this whole scene. It's a nightmare. He's got to go underneath and he's got to come above the, s the, 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 the water line. She's got to be floating above him somehow. We've got to have a flock of birds, as Ray said, and then there's got to be a tsunami. How am I going to do it? <laughs> <laughs> um, and we did. We were also very, very prepped, weren't we? Mm. We were really really prepped not just because of the workshops which helped to a certain degree but then the script kept changing and being developed mm. because of the workshops mm. um but the week before what we call week zero the week before we started <laughs> rehearsals <laughs> all scary. of the creative team which there must have been about 25 people in the room mm. went through the went through the piece and we storyboarded it together 
we were together going, how are we going to do this and how are we going to get this on and how big is the entrance and how many people are we going to have and mm. what's going to be the music and how long is it going to be and mm. every single thing was worked out a bit like a film, I suppose, mm. before we went into rehearsals. So when we went into rehearsals, it was just a matter of working hard, which is not scary. It wasn't a matter of, oh my God, yeah. what am I going to do here? There were a couple of moments that were a bit, oh my God. <laughs> were there? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. So now we're almost about to run out of time, mm. but I just wanted to ask one sort of technical thing. Uh, there's in the second half, there's um, a, a, a scene with a lake. That's my oh my god moment. And I <laughs> and I um, and if you haven't seen it, yeah. they're in water. Yeah. And and it and 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 there are all these animals bobbing up and yeah. also weird algae things and mm. all sorts of things going on. I, I just wondered, t just on a very technical level, how did you come up with that? Because it was, I thought it was fantastic to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so many things going on at once, you know, and yet in another way, quite simple. Yeah. Um, well, my um, uh, origins are sort of, uh, uh, sort of like, uh, come from theatre background that is sort of like physical theatre. I started off working with people like Complicity or, and companies uh, a while ago, like the David Glassmine Company, and mm -hmm. and uh, so and small little experimental companies as well, which meant that you would be trying to achieve uh, imaginative or visually stimulating situations with very little in, a, in as clever a way as possible. So, th so the, the method that of that particular lake comes from that era for right. me. Um, and, I, and I used it again here because I, I wanted to see what we could uh, get out of it mm. in this situation. Also, it's quite good fun. Mm. So uh, when you're dealing with uh, the, the idea of uh, young people coming together in a certain way for the first time you don't want you don't want to overwhelm the, the scenario with seriousness you want it to have a possibility of fun and also a bit mad or a bit bonkers so uh, when we began playing with the lake it was exactly that it was bouncy and stupid and you could disappear and then pop up and and it was just good fun, basically. Um, uh, when the, the oh my God moment for me is when we got the wrong kind of material and it didn't work and it was looking really... So what's it made out of? It looks like rubber from the... It's, it's elastic. Is it? Or it started off as, as elastic, like great big belts that opera singers wear to, to make them look gorgeous. <laughs> uh, um, like, you know, belt elastic for corsets. And then it went into more of a lycra situation, like very strong lycra. Um, uh, and then it was elastic covered in lycra. So, oh God, there were so many different permutations to try and get that old loved idea way back in the, you know, the 90s to work. Mm. Um, and so we ended up with something, something quite different and we, it was all hands to the deck. And I think that was the most, that was the moment for me where I, could have sobbed. In <laughs> fact, I might have in a, in a dark cupboard <laughs> a bit. I think had to get back there and make it work. But as Marianne said, you know, I, I, 
uh, you were never on your own too much. And for me, um, my creative team, Finn Caldwell and Toby Ollier and uh, Steve Hoggett and Marianne and uh, Paulie Constable, all of, all of our creative team, uh, visually on the visual side, people would just, would just get in there and work with you and help make it work. So when you lacked the ability to sort an idea out, that you learnt to fall back on your team, basically, because they would always come up with something better if you couldn't think it through. Well, um, all that remains is for me to say um, thank you to all of you and special thanks to Ray and Marianne.